evening, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Everybody Counts podcast. We've got the whole gang here. What's up, Jay? What's going on? Pete's in the house. Hey, how's everybody doing? All right. And we are ready to break down some Bosch. We're going to be talking about episode four from season five. It's titled, Pete? Raise the Dead. Raise the Dead is the title. It was written by, the writing credit went to Tom Bernardo and directed by Laura Belzey. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So they definitely gave us some good content. We have a lot to talk about. Things are picking up momentum on season five of Bosch. A couple of items before we get into our case review. Michael Conley sent out a tweet today about signing up for his mailing list. I have been on that mailing list, so I know I can I can vouch for the good content about the books, about the show, um, great stuff. And even better now, if you sign up, they're going to choose from one person on the list, I think tomorrow, to get some Bosch swag. And there's a picture of it out there on Twitter. So look at Michael Conley's Twitter. Check out all that good stuff. You've seen the hat. There's other great stuff shown there. So definitely sign up for that mailing list. All right. The other thing before we get started, mm-hmm. our listener shout out. I so know I put who out this was. I, I saw it today. Out there again this week, put out a scramble of who our debrief interview is with. Anne responded. Anne on Twitter, she is awesome, was on our book club podcast. So you can actually hear Anne if you um, check out our episode with Mitzi Roberts and Anne and Sharon where we talk about Dark Sacred Night. So she's definitely um, a big fan and has a lot of great ideas. I did pose a question to her because if we're going to do a shout out, we need to get a little more information on this. Exactly. So yes, I asked, how has the fictional character... Harry Bosch made your world a better place, your actual world a better place. Here's what Anne has to say. I think that everybody counts or nobody counts is something that informs my life more so now than ever, living as we do at a time when there's so much effort being made to consider people less than. Everybody counts. I mean, that says it all right there, right, guys? It does. Nope, I like it. I approve. I approve. Thank you for answering. Yeah, thanks for answering our question, Anne. So, shout out of the week goes to Anne. And if you want to find her on Twitter, she goes by at SparksMom53. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, follow Anne. All right, should we get into our case review? I think we should. Yep. All right, we start out with a flashback. You guys remember what's going on in that flashback? It's the Harry. crime scene. Yes, the crime scene. Dun, Harry dun, dun. is at uh, Daniel Schuyler's apartment. It's in black and white. And uh, he's checking out the balcony and looking at different things. And then it pulls into the present into color. And he's looking at the same photo that he was looking mm-hmm. at in the past. And he realized some things by kind of... Going back in memory like that, he realizes some things with that Ulmer confession do not add up. One of those being the point of entry. 
says he came in through the balcony and Bosch can clearly remember that there were mm-hmm. no footprints or um, anything on the, there was soot on the, right. on the balcony. And so you would have seen Absolutely. some evidence of someone going through there. So uh, that does not add up. And he shares that with honey Chandler. So, you know, they're batting down this presumably false confession one step at a time and um that's just one more thing that does not add up what about the knife that's right i thought that was a unique trick when he said they Uh held back the murder weapon to avoid false confessions yeah 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 sure Mm -hmm. and that was not brought up yeah you would think that would be a pivotal piece of information harry in this episode also talks to the corrections officer that witnessed omer's confession and it turns out it wasn't even a verbal confession. Yeah, that's not shady at all. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He signed a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, and, and and was and was really sick. Yeah. He had MRSA. not all together there because he was so yeah. sick. Like yeah, mm. and the corrections officer yeah explained that he there's you know no way he really knew what he was signing. Um. So yeah, shady for sure. Um, they. They gloved up and everything because he was so sick. Mask and gloves. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. We also have Hector on the trail of Rita. Who wants to talk about that? He confronts her. He's such a sly dude. Like, (laughs) he's just so, you know, he he goes in the courtroom and he's just sitting there staring at her, whatever. And they have like Mm -hmm. a quick look at each other. And then he takes off, whatever. She's walking to her car, home, wherever the heck she's going. And he's just chilling on the park bench waiting. And he's so, he's kind of suave in his, in his bad guy persona because Mm -hmm. he comes right out. Hey, I know your husband. Don't lie to me. I want the money. What's going on? Like pushing her right away, giving her, Mm -hmm. giving her things that, you know, sound believable. I mean, he even looks kind of believable. He could have been in the cell next to anybody, right? (laughs) Um, but just so smooth with it all. And the delivery is so perfect. Like I believe him. I mean, if exactly. my significant other was, was in jail and this dude is like, so I know yeah, about he the, sells I, the story. I know, I know you married. He told me everything. You got <laughs> yeah. something going on and I want in. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, what do you need? <laughs> what do you need? He, he definitely. He definitely sells his story, and you can see it by the look on her face. Yeah, she's like, blah, 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 uh, no money. There's no money, not, right. not yet. Right. She fumbles, not nope. yet. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, he's good at his job. And Pete yeah. brought that up last week. Remember, he was your person of interest, Pete. Still is. Still is. <laughs> All right. So yeah, he's he's getting things done. Let's talk a little bit about a chat that the chief has with Officer Edgewood. You know, they're still investigating this officer-involved shooting. The chief is digging deeper, and he gets some information from Edgewood that might make him question things a little bit more. What happened there, guys? Can I say, before we talk about that, just that, that scene. Now, in my real life, if I know my boss is needing to have a talk with me, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're always kind of nervous. Yeah. But the chief just sits there like looming with his very steady voice and like, what's going on? 
anything else you need to tell me? And <laughs> like, I'm watching the show and I'm scared for the dude. <laughs> You're nervous. Like, yeah. Aren't you nervous? Man, he's yeah. like, he's yeah. scared. He, what? I'd be like, he did it. He, whatever you want me to say, <laughs> chief, he did it. Um, and, but I, True I mean, story. it's kind of trusting too, you know, in that police world, whatever. And it looks like the chief is just trying to get down to the truth. And he got the information out of him. You know, hey, I thought there was something we saw him reach the wrong way, but there might be something going on where they know each other and they've got a little beef. Yeah, that, sounds like there might be some history there. That's a revelation yeah. that can change everything. It, even mm -hmm. just public perception alone, sure. or something like that. So that's a, that's a big deal. And but again, the chief still mm -hmm. calm, still cool, still collected. Oh, oh yeah. Like okay, and and again, if it were me sitting there after giving this revelation <laughs> out, I would be like, all right, am I? Am I good because I told the truth, or is he mad that I told the truth? Like, I don't even know what his reaction is. Yeah, yeah, you can't. I like about Sredek. He just pulls it off so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's that's still up in the air, but it's it's a developing story because there we mm -hmm. learned some new information. Speaking of a developing story, let's uh, shift over to Jay Edgar one of our favorites. He's still trying to dig in and figure out what happened to his friend and CI, Gary Weiss. He meets with Air Arius. Am I saying it right? Marcos and Arius, oh. the detectives. <laughs> and he, he he wonders why why was it so public? You know, why why did you do it in public? And they say it was Gary's idea. Hmm. Okay. All right. So they go on their way and they say, hey, who, who's in charge of this in RHD? Because we're just, we're at a dead end here. What can you tell us? And he tells them that it's Conniff and Espinosa. Um, and they're like, okay, because we, we need all the information we can get. And they head on their way. And J. Edgar, he heads over to Gary's place and gets inside, picks the lock, gets Plus right inside. He pulls a Bosch. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Pulls a Bosch. He gets inside and uh, takes a look around. What does he discover, Jay? The gun. Yep. The gun yep. no one knew he had. Right. And, right. And, and the worst part is, of course, the guy's no longer here. So they're all guessing, is this protection? Is this because he was doing stuff we didn't know about? Yeah. Um, that was a big shock across the board. Like, what's going? Why did he need it? Is he protecting himself, or is he doing something he shouldn't be? And maybe that's what caused all this to go down. It just added more questions and confusion to the whole thing. Oh, and yeah. I, and especially for Jay Edgar, who, I mean, even though they they haven't been as close as maybe they were at some point. Now you're wondering. Did I know what this guy was now? Is did he really change the way that I thought maybe he did? So right. you got that internal kind of turmoil now going on even more so. Might I say that he's been doubting himself to begin with? Should he have even yeah. gotten Gary involved? Right. And now he's probably like, yeah, like doubting, did I even know who he was? Right. Like he said. So right. this is a this is a lot of a lot of turmoil, I think, for Jay Edgar. And he goes and he talks to uh, Gary's dad, who um, is I think former narcotics to have that right something back, back in the day and, and um, he he tells him he took a look around and didn't say exactly how he got in there but he <laughs> said he took a look 
he took a look around and he asked him if he had known about the gun. And uh, Dwight is his name, Gary's dad. Uh, he did not know about the gun. So it's a surprise to him, too. And, you know, he had never even heard Gary bring up anything about feeling a need for one or right. feeling some need for protection. So right. this is all news to everybody. And um, but, yeah, his dad's real concerned that the meat was in public. Yeah. And uh, so, um, yeah, he, he feels like there, there, he's definitely was at risk for some retaliation. But, um, you know, have to keep digging. Uh, it's a sad situation. Mm-hmm. It don't make sense. Jag is yeah. right. It doesn't make sense. This guy's We're, cautious, yeah. meets in public. These people are random booze, you know? Uh, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sums up. Sums well, up. Jag is on it. We're on it. You heard it right here from Pete. Something's up. Yeah. All right. Let's shift back to the Borders case just a little bit because okay. um, Harry is being the grinder, as Jay Edgar says. <laughs> He's like, of course I am. He 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 wears uh, it like a badge of honor. Yeah. Because he walks yeah. in with this box of DFARs. Daily field activity report. So like everything, I guess, correct us if we're wrong, law enforcement, but I guess it's like a, a log of everything people yeah. did for the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So he's he's looking for this arrest report that that borders talked about in the original trial and was giving them a, a beef about um, saying that they didn't handle it correctly. So he's looking for a record of this. He, there is no arrest. So he's looking through these DFARs trying to figure out what happened. He comes across this incident uh, with detective Anthony Servadone. Not sure if I'm saying that right, but he's retired, but he meets up with him and, and asks about what happened. Now, before we get into what happened, if you haven't, heard already in that scene at the bar michael conley is sitting a couple of seats down in that scene mm-hmm. so watch your screens there's michael the man himself on camera so that's pretty cool but um take your eyes off of michael for a minute and, <laughs> and bosh and anthony are talking about what happened and it turns out, well, it wasn't really called an arrest. They had they had this flyer that he was a potential suspect. You know, keep your you know eyes peeled for this guy, but do not arrest him. That was very important. Do not make an actual arrest. And uh, this guy pulled him in. He brought him in. But Irving at the time decided to call it a detainment, not an arrest. So. He corrects Bosch saying, no, no, because Bosch gives him a hard time about even picking him up. And he said, but it was not an arrest. Irving said he was simply detained and then they let him go. So Bosch brings this up with the chief. And he basically said, you know, yeah, we, we, we couldn't risk it. We didn't have probable cause yet. So we couldn't risk actually arresting him. And that's what happened. Any thoughts there on how that went down? I felt bad for the guy, man. It was back in the day. He's a beat cop trying to do the right thing. Maybe try to make a name for himself. And here Bosch is years <laughs> later beating him up for it. Um, yeah. But it's, again, it's kind of revealing like what's the chief and Bosch have been along this whole ride. And so it's interesting, too. Like we're investigating Bosch in the CIU. 
But are they even thinking about the chief, man? What's going yeah. on here, huh? So, chief gets a free pass, man. Right. I know what's up with that. Dang it. But yeah, so we're getting all our info from from the chief through Bosch. No one, Jay, no one's asking him the big questions. All right. Jay, to be fair, yeah. the flyer stated in big red bold letters: "Do not arrest this man based on this flyer." <laughs> Yeah, I know, but, 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 okay, so imagine, imagine you're on the force for, I don't know, let's say two years, right? Okay. You're still kind of a rookie. You, uh, maybe aspire to be a detective, a sergeant, a something, whatever. Walking down the street is a guy you know they're thinking about coming after him for some heinous crimes, but they haven't pinned anything on the guy yet. But you have the opportunity to grab this guy and bring him in. What if the murder weapon had been in the pocket when he detained him? Now, Mr. Guy breaking the rules on the sheet is now a hero because they got the evidence that they need. So it's like a gamble, man. It's his career. You're going for it. Was it right? No, it's not right. You should follow procedure. Okay. Hello. Okay. So. Should follow procedure. So it but, sounds like you're you're ahead. kind of talking about an emotional adrenaline type reaction. I'm Is think, that right? I, I think it's like that's his opportunity. You have an opportunity to make a name for yourself. You got a guy you know they're potentially looking at, and maybe he's looking really shady walking down the street. With and no so evidence you, other than a flyer. That's the only evidence you have. Two words, Jay. Two words. Team yeah. player. And oh, listen, was I not, agree. No, I agree. he was I not agree. being a team player. No, I, if, if that's the case, he was thinking about himself. Well, sure, he was thinking about himself, man. He's like, oh, that dude's a murderer. I'm going to grab this dude up, and I'm going to be promoted next week. And, and if he doesn't handle it completely by protocol, all of it goes to waste. No, I agree. And, I'm, and I'm, not, away. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying what maybe. Well, what are you doing? Maybe he was thinking. It's Pete's fault. He brought it up, man. <laughs> so you're 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 trying to give an explanation, but you're not defending him. No, I'm not. Def- I, no, I'm. I just okay. I feel like maybe that's what he was doing. You okay. know. Okay. All right. I don't know. Sure, I mean, he's a poli- a huge police department. You got to stand out to, you know, earn your detective badge and whatnot. You know, what a way to do it. Catch the big bad guy. All right, moving on. Let's talk about another favorite subject of Jay's, Maddie. <laughs> Jay likes to talk about Maddie. Maddie, uh, she she got a couple things going on in this episode. She's called in to do her first um, assist with mm-hmm. witness prep notes, and um, which it's uh, it's an emotional scene, a victim of sexual assault. And she's having to step up and take the notes and, you know, not have this, you know, she has to keep maintain, you know, control and not get upset. Um, Interestingly, they talk about this victim not getting upset on the stand. The the attorney says it's fine if you cry. And she says, no, I'm all cried out. And that really strikes a chord, excuse me, with Maddie. But at the same time, Maddie agrees to do that. And that's, you know, very emotional, important work. Then she gets a subpoena. Someone 
to Penis Natty. Uh, Why? Why? I'll let I'll let Pete handle this one. Go ahead. Listen, if di- if I had the picture in front of my screen of this clown Tom, I would throw tomatoes <laughs> at it. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. I don't know why he's still around. I'm glad that we got minimal Tom Tom exposure this episode, and maybe Maddie didn't tell Tom that she has a boyfriend back home, and he doesn't know. Maybe he's not doing anything wrong. Maybe, according to Jay, maybe seems to work these days. So maybe. <laughs> oh man! But yes, he cleverly asks her out on a date with a subpoena to a really fancy restaurant that's hard to get into. You know, he's uh. Oh, I got a question for you, Tracy. Actually, I do got a question. I was watching this scene, and I got actually a couple questions for you. The first thing is, first question is, do you think the way he X'd her out was super romantic? That's part A. And part B, is it true what Bosch said about the roses and the different colors meaning different things? They do. The colors do mean different things. Um, And he said that white could go either way. I had always heard that white meant, like, passion, like so, I was like, "Whoa, don't be giving her a white rose." But, but maybe I, maybe I've been misinformed. But yes, I do know that that the color of roses are um, associated with different, you know, feelings and uh, intentions. Um, as far as the way he asked her out, it was clever. You know, it would be like, okay, he took some time to to make this. You know, to he invested in this. It could also be taken as trying a little too hard. So, and the fact the fact that it was a super fancy restaurant, I'm not really sold on that. That's not right? really like a first a first. Yeah, what date is going on here? Right, none of it is first date kind of thing. Yeah. How about a dead <laughs> carnation and a cup of coffee? All right. <laughs> For real. So, Back so, off, dude. So, so you think Tom totally tried to do a Randall Pearson? That is kind of a, a Randall Pearson. You're right. Good, good, uh, good comparison. Yeah, it was a bit much for me. Now, she seemed impressed by it and she was kind of, you know, giggly, like you know, how cute it was and sharing it with her dad. And, you know, you could just see Bosch rolling his eyes inside his head. He couldn't show it, but, you know, he didn't he didn't seem too impressed with it. Do you think? No, no. He's, al- he's already written this dude's name on a bullet somewhere. Okay. I, I, dis- I, disagree. I disagree with Jay right now, actually. Okay. I, think, I think Harry, I'm going to call him Harry right now, oh, is handling, this, handling the situation very well. I thought with Maddie having a so-called boyfriend and another guy, Courtney, that's in law enforcement that, you know, Harry doesn't like to begin with, I thought he, he would handle it a, a lot worse than he is. I think he's handling it very well. So far. Yeah. I, I agree, Pete. Now, he may not have liked it inside his head, like, oh, who is this character? But he didn't show it. If he was thinking that, he didn't show it. So I agree that he handled it well. And, uh, yeah, but he made a point that he didn't go to all, he didn't know this place. He didn't go to all the places that are hard to get into, you know. But, all right. Uh, we're on Skype here. We can see Jay rolling his eyes. Just, what do you have no, to say? No, just, just move on. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Mm. Oh, Moving on. Next. Yep. <laughs> It'll come up later. I'm sure. Probably. Probably. All right. Let's talk about <laughs> our uh, debrief interview fella, Paul Calderon, who plays Jimmy Robertson. Ooh. He has Love some him. interesting scenes this episode. Mm-hmm. He's kind of all With over that. the place. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing his 
job, man. He's he's working all the angles. And he, he uh, he's up with this parole officer. They have zoned in on this fella who goes by the name Peanut, which I think, think is kind of fun. I like that name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. you. Um, Pete's going to be Peanut tonight, and I'm going to be Beansy for the rest of the show. <laughs> First of all, Peanut is my MVP of this episode, all right? He was hilarious in everything he said. Yes. And the way they drilled him about yeah. Beansy's last name and all the information of who this guy was reminded me of our podcast last week. We were trying to drill about Maddie's boyfriend. Because yeah. was this guy just hanging out? Like, it was so funny. And Peanut, he was great. He's like, he's like you're going to violate me over some car parts? Don't, don't disrespect me like that, man. I was like, oh, no, this guy's great. Uh, I, I, I have an affinity for Peanut, and I'm glad he cooperated because I didn't want him to go down for, for more than he was really involved in. But uh, I cracked up when he when they say, he's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. He said, why do you run? Muscle memory. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. Hilarious. That was a fantastic hilarious. response. <laughs> and probably... Probably pretty darn accurate. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, right. you're a parolee. You probably have the tendency to run um, when you when you, when you see law enforcement. So yeah, uh, Jimmy takes him in, and you know they have the. He slowly lets him know. Yeah, we have your prints on the car. Well, not just on the outside where you and Beansy were leaning up against it. <laughs> it's all over the inside of it. Um, and he, you know, he points out if you don't cooperate, you can be an accessory to murder. Somebody was killed, you know, at this car, a body was in this car. Um, so he does cooperate. He starts describing two white guys. That's pretty much the extent of his description. Can you, can one, can one, you describe one looks like a UFC fighter, the yeah, other one, one is one. average. <laughs> <laughs> UFC fighter oh, and average God. looking. Yeah, it was, it was, he's yeah. a great actor. Um, I mean, some people are just made for like these fun character roles and he nailed it. Um, I loved it, but yeah, he cooperated and they did get some sketches out of him. Uh, kind of had to pull the details out. MVP. But, uh, MVP. MVP. Peanut. I think I know who, um, Pete's person <laughs> of interest is going to be tonight. Right. Right. And I bet if this was trivia, you'd be wrong. But I will <laughs> point out, I will point out that Jimmy was so smooth about oh. it. You know what? I was gonna I was gonna talk about that actually. Um, mm-hmm. If there was a if there was a word for this episode for like a, to wrap it up and summarize it, it's crafty. Everybody was crafty from Hector yeah. to Harry to even Tom's romantic gesture to um to the guys with the suits, Marcos and Arius. I think they are. Boo. Yeah. Everybody's crafty when they make their moves. Jay yeah. Edgar's crafty doing his little you know break and entering thing. Just uh-huh. yeah, that's my word. Yeah, that's. I think that's a that's a, a really good word. All right, well, let's uh, finish up our case review with the the Harry Bosch stuff at the VA. Anybody want to delve into that for me? He pulls off a bum leg really well. Yeah, that's not too too hard. Uh, He actually does hurt. Yeah, our man got some undercover stuff, and he's he's, uh, now uh, Dominic, and he goes to the VA to to uh, try to acquire a prescription and fails miserably because the doctor here is crafty. He's uh-huh. crafty. There you go. Um, and uh, uh, pretty much shut him down, give him some ibuprofen, offered him group therapy, which <laughs> I was 
cracking, <laughs> cracking up because hello. Uh, all right. Um, but he's got to go along with it because he's, you know, playing this undercover role and he's got to yeah. try to figure out what's going on here. And he, he does go to group therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the looks on his face during group therapy as he's just kind of Oh yeah, I, I even freeze frame <laughs> and like like side eyeing people and like what yeah. uh, and I feel like he's thinking why am I here? What <laughs> what this is no, I just, oh yeah. Um so it was interesting to see him now doing this and trying to dive into this world and figuring out and even after group he goes after the doctor again says, "Hey, yeah. all right, I can't. It. Yeah. It's not for me." Um, how about you give me something and still no, and the doctor's still pushing him off. Yeah, 30 days. So now Bosch kind of has to, uh, kind of rethink his plan a little bit. Um, which he does after talking to Jagger, uh, um, because now they're looking into one of the guys that was there at group therapy that he also noticed might be doing something a little shifty outside with uh, some of these pills we're investigating. Yeah. Yeah. We see the lady that we saw in the yeah. initial flash forward. I think he calls her Lizzie. Lewis is the, is the vet. And then uh, they're, you know, when you were talking about those expressions on Bosch's face, when they were like bickering back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Bosch was in between them. It was his, I mean, it was hysterical. Um, and you could tell he was just yeah. like, this is yeah. very uncomfortable. What's going yeah. on here? But he was able to, um, you know, get to know who he was. And he did recognize, recognize him outside again in the parking lot. And they were uh, passing some pills. So what do you think shady, of that? Shady, 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 shady stuff. So, yeah, when he gets with, uh, Bosch gets with Jay Edgar and says, you know, let's zone in on this guy. Is he on the list of people that have uh, possibly been at the Garcia pain clinic as well. Sure enough, he he is a patient there as well as the VA. He's getting pills. He's giving or selling pills to this uh, lady Lizzie. Um, mm-hmm. So Among they're going to use that. They're going to use this as an opportunity to try to get in to the to the game deeper. And Bosch. Makes a, a visit. Dominic, excuse me. Yeah, Dominic. Makes don't a, get his name wrong. You're going to blow his cover, Tracy. They might be listening sorry. to this podcast. Sorry, Harry. Okay? <laughs> they, might, they might be. Um, <laughs> makes a visit to his house. Who, who wants to talk about that? That was that was wild. Um, That was ridiculous because he... <laughs> I feel like... Listen, Dominic is great, but Harry should have been prepped better in the field he was going in, I mean, when you, we, I'm very, I'm very a little disappointed actually because okay. when you're going into any situation, you don't know what the situation is going to end up being. So you got to go worst case scenario and prep. I feel like he did the least amount of prep to get in on this, and then even when he was knocking on the door, he heard a noise and he busted through the door. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know. So it was uh, okay. I, I didn't so like the you're... way he made his entry. Yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, if, if had it not been for, okay, so, you know, of course, Pete's referring to Lizzie's in there and she's just OD'd and she's on the floor in the kitchen. I think if had it not been for all that adrenaline and, and just all the mayhem that was going on, I think Lewis would have been more suspicious of Boss showing up at his house, Dominic. And busting down the door. And busting. 
busting down the door. Exactly. Because he right. didn't have a great reason. He's like, yeah, I saw you in the parking lot and I followed you. You know, I mean, that's just that's a, that's a little creepy. You know, creepy. Um, creepy. so because he's like, yeah, how'd you find me? You know, what do you want? And so, yeah, I agree, Pete, if it hadn't been for all the drama, he, he might have been a little more skeptical. But because of all the drama and, you know, the uh, the first responders coming, Jay Edgar goes in as well. And that's kind of fun, though. That's kind of fun well, watching. I, I felt that um, that situation was very interesting because they called 911. So if you're Jay Edgar, you mm-hmm. got to get in there first before you got to be the first officer on, on the site. And, you know, outrank everybody and keep the cover going on. At the same time, Dominic is grabbing the pills that are on the counter because right. he sees that Jay Edgar's coming in now. Jay Edgar has to be crafty while <laughs> questioning Lewis, but not blowing Bosch's cover, but treating them both the same similar way and not just letting them go off with, with a slap on the wrist, but actually interrogating them a little bit, which I think Jay Edgar played the part to a T. He did. He did. Talking about his eyes being red. You know, he really, yeah, he, he played it as he would if he, you know, if he were. Yes. With Dominic and Lewis. It was also, also genius to ask for the IDs because that adds to Bosch's cover because Bosch has an ID to give out. Uh, Oh, that's good, Jay. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you get much better than Jay Edgar and Harry as a team anyway. Well, I mean, I don't I don't want to brag, but uh Pete, Tracy, and Jay are a pretty good team, right? Not too shabby. Not too oh. shabby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, so but in the midst of all this, uh Lewis had given Lizzie a shot of Narcan. Narcan. Is that mm-hmm. And uh, so they go out and get some burgers or something later. And actually, I don't think it was burgers. I think it was some Can't kind really of drinking. Max- Mexican food. Yeah. I don't know. Some place. Actually, a trivia question. I hope yeah. you counted the amount of beans today, Jay. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm never counting um, again after that ridicule. Go ahead. They are sharing some food and getting yeah. to know one another. And Bosch makes a point to let Lewis know that he really, you know, saved him there by picking up those pills you know that he kind of owes him one so he's like can you kind of help get me into this clinic so they talk about that but Bosch also uses it as an opportunity to just get more intel um, about Mm -hmm. these people and he finds out that uh, Lizzie had a daughter who was murdered a 14 year old daughter who was murdered never solved he asked about her having seen the tattoo on her arm but um, what did you think about that that scene of them kind of bonding whatever you want to call it uh it was smart it was it was good all the way around because he's giving a a backstory to the dominic person okay mm-hmm. he's getting the intel that you're talking about mm-hmm. um they are creating some sort of level of trust and i was here for you you be here for me um what i what I kind of thought interesting about it was Bosch still came off kind of uh, detective-like in asking maybe he one did. too many questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I was waiting, because uh, like when he was asking about Daisy 
and he mentioned yeah. the tattoo. And it, I, I, you, you saw Lewis kind of look like, how you know about that? Why are you asking? Yeah. And I expected yeah. him maybe to ask even a little harder, like, why are you asking all these questions, man? What's going on? Um, and I guess he played it off well enough to get by, but I was a little worried about it because he see he's playing detective role at the same time, maybe a little too much in my, but I'm not a police officer, so I don't know what I'm supposed to do anyway. All right. Pete, Pete's itching to say something. Yeah. What do you got, Pete? He, he got in with his army, with his army story, because, you know, from watching TV yeah. and knowing people who've been in the service, not a lot of people, unfortunately, but I know, you know, I know people and, just from being in line at the at the shop at uh, the grocery store shopping, you hear someone talk to somebody else. Oh, I was in this infantry. I was in this unit. I was in that unit. And they sit there and they have a conversation. You lap around the store. You're going to check out. They're still talking. Yeah. It's it's, it's a form it's of it's a form it of is. brotherhood. It is. Yeah. So yeah, I, I yeah. feel like that got him in. No matter how many questions he asked, between that and the cover up, his guard was good with Lewis, but only Lewis. That's yeah. that's what I was fearful. Yeah. 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 Good, good points, points by both of you there. All right. Well, I think we covered most of it, of the case for tonight. Let's move on to our ter- interrogation room. We've already, you know, raised some questions with one another. What else do you have? Is there another question burning that you want to ask? What do you got, Pete? What do you got, man? I know you got um, I didn't really have any many questions um with jay egger i i know from the scene opening opening scene he's working the case with bosch from what we know but they're showing an awful lot about what happened with his ci uh-huh. so my question i guess realistically is are we are we working how many cases are we working here how many cases do you guys think we're working for this season because we're four episodes in obviously you know our caseload is piling up is it the mm-hmm. one case, or is it now more than one main case? Because it seems like it's expanding to me. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, Harry's definitely got two, and J. Edgar's his partner, so J. Edgar right. has one of those, and he's right. got the thing going with the CI. Um, that's just between the two of them. Then you have the chief looking into this officer-involved shooting. Um, I mean, you could even venture to say... Maddie is kind of working with a case now with this. She's taking notes and right. involved this this victim, uh, rape victim. Um, what else we got? Let's see. Oh, well, I mean, well, Jimmy's case is tied into ours. We're seeing, you know, mm-hmm. we we know that. Um, so but that's a that's his murder victim. And they're looking at the, the Jose Esquivel murder victim. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it's piling up for sure. Typical it's, Bosch. It can't just be easy. Can't just yeah, be easy. Yeah. Yep. Lots of stuff going yeah. on. So. Um, my question um, is a much smaller part of the episode, but I'm concerned, so I have to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Crate and Barrel, are they going to be okay? Are they oh, going to be yeah. okay? Because um, there's, I mean, they're very snarky about things. And they're starting to get snarky with one another. And I was a little concerned at the copier incident. Okay. Mm-hmm. But are they are they going to survive this? Are they going to be okay? I'm worried so, for them right now. It's a good question. And I can tell you guys, uh, listeners, you're going to get some, some good intel and good uh, insight about this in our interviews with Troy Evans, who plays Beryl. And Gregory Scott Cummins, who plays Crate, 
um, we talk about this in the interviews and they, they just provide some really good insights. But yes, it makes us uncomfortable to see them not getting along because it's one thing to rib each other and tease. Right, right. But it's another thing to come out and say, oh, yeah, you didn't see it. Because, you know, in yeah. the copier incident, there's a staple in there and um, Crate can't figure out how to get it unjammed. And Barrel comes along and says, oh, well, there's a stapler in here. He's like, oh, I didn't see that. You know, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't see it. You know, and then, so it, it's yeah. like it finally bubbles to the surface. Yep. And yep. they, you know, and they argue at so much so that, that Billets has to come out of her office and say, what, you know, what's going on here? Um, but, and they're also probably just a little irritable from having to be in caps. We didn't talk about that. They're listening to this oh, stories yeah. from these two panhandlers yeah. arguing about their spot. <laughs> the guy that said over and over, but it's my spot. It's my spot. Like that's you the whole reason for every first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, snooze, you lose. Yeah. Early bird worm. <laughs> but his whole argument was it's my spot that was that was funny but you can tell that they're you know they're uh, yeah, things are kind of wearing thing. thin yeah they're yeah. way above so this stuff man they're, they're way fine. above this stuff and they're so fine. they better be fine i love my so, crazy so I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, i can't really answer your question because at this point in the game we don't really know. I can say at this point in the game, it makes me a little concerned and uncomfortable. I don't like seeing them this way, right. you know. Right. So that's about as far as I'll go with that. All right. My question um, is, is not super serious. Uh, right. There was a funny, a funny moment mm. when Harry reports back to J. Edgar that how'd your visit go with the doctor? And he's like, well, I ended up having to go to group therapy. Mm-hmm. And J. Edgar says, I would have paid to see that. And, uh, he says, I've got feelings. I've got, uh, uh, you know, I have feelings or emotions. I got in and, touch with my and, feelings or something. Yeah, yeah, I got in touch with my feelings. And Jay Edgar said, which one? You only have two. And and Bosch says, joy. <laughs> what do you think the other emotion is? If there are only two. Oh, Okay, man. Pete, says, Pete says anger. I thought about this question, too. And I was going to yeah. ask you guys the same question. What do you think uh, the other emotion is? Is is determination? Can we call that an emotion? Yeah. Drive yeah. or determination? I don't know. That's more of an attribute, maybe, than it is an emotion. I don't know. Focus. Focus. Passion. I don't. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, in that in that dedication. genre, I can't think of a good. Uh, I know. Yeah, dedication. For, Quest for like justice. Anger. <laughs> <laughs> anger and joy. That is a that's a nice paradox. So. I, I, I could take that, but yeah, definitely that whatever that drive is, that's a good one. That uh, yeah, because even the underlying anger of things that happen, that's that 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 pushes that drive or dedication or whatever mm-hmm. word is better for that. Okay, tell, tell us a good a good word, a good emotion, folks. We need to fill in the gaps there. There you go. All right, persons of interest. Jay, you're going first. Hey, I gotta go first. Um, my person of interest is uh, is Rita. Okay, this All right. took mine. Oh, I did. Sorry, brother. <laughs> I, I have others. Sorry, Don't worry. Sorry, peanuts, peanuts on deck. <laughs> just because, just because she drives me a little crazy. She's so meek-ish and kind of even kind of comes off a little innocent, even though you can tell she's into something she shouldn't be, but she's kind of this meek, like whatever. And you could tell was super intimidated 
when she was approached by Hector, um, that like, what really is her part in all this? What is she doing? Like, how bad is she really? And how much maybe of that meekness is an act? <laughs> like, is she going to start pulling out a gun and start shooting everybody? I'm, you know, because... So, uh, she's my person because I just can't, don't know can't enough. read her. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know enough. And uh, I know she's not good. Like, what are you? So, that's you my... Can't, you can't read her. Rita? Rita. Oh. Rita, you can't read her. That's that's good. I can't read a thing about her. (laughs) But um, bump. And we just lost all our listeners. (laughs) Oh man! All right, I'm going to go next because I'm afraid Pete will will take mine. So, as he spits out his water, Um, I'm going to go with Lewis, Lewis Degner. Um, I first of all, I, I. just feel compelled to share that I had a picture of C. Thomas Howe on my closet door growing up in middle school. So, I mean, it's C. Thomas Howe. Okay. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it was like a, a little ad from the outsider. So you had Ralph Macchio and then uh, C. Thomas Howe as he was pony boy. Um, oh. You remember that movie, right? Oh, that was a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. So, you know, middle school crush, whatever. So now he's on the screen with Bosch. I mean, it just that's pretty cool. So, I but I a lot about Tracy here, Pete. I like this. I, I'm an open book. You can read a <laughs> read a me. <laughs> um. All right. So, but his character. I mean, I just think he's playing a, a pivotal role. It looks like he's going to really be the key to getting uh, Bosch deeper into this um, undercover operation so um and i like his voice i don't know that i I don't think he talks that way in real life do you guys know it's a i mean i haven't talked to him in a couple weeks (laughs) it's been a while since i i gave him a call tracy but now but now that i know about the poster i'm giving him a call right now (laughs) we want to get him for an interview hello We want to get in for an interview, but um, yeah, it's just that gravelly kind of voice. I don't know. It's I think it's uh, unique. Plays well for his for like a you know for a drug addict, someone who's been through the war and just been through hard times. His voice kind of matches his demeanor, but um, but yeah, mostly because I mostly because he you know was on the poster on my on my door. But secondly, yeah, he's just a really pivotal character. I think. I mean, he's. No, he is. He's, I agree. He's no, I agree. Bosch's connection, hopefully, into to getting more deeper undercover. So, all right. Lest you make fun of me even more, you go ahead, Pete, with your choice. Okay, well, before Tracy gave me the idea for Peanut, which is not my person of interest, and before Jay took my idea of Rita, <laughs> which I put a thought process into, before all that happened, Dark I color. said, you know what? I said... I don't really have a specific person of interest, so I'm going to go with the laziest answer I can come up with that would be acceptable for everybody. So that was my original um, answer, but I had changed it, but then since Jay took mine, I changed it back. So my original answer, Dominic Riley. Oh, oh clever. Very clever, Pete. Tell us more. I want, I want to know more about him. We learned a little bit about his backstory. We know, obviously, now, most likely, 
the opening scene we saw is going to be Bosch has Dominic in that scene. So, you know, it, it's begun. I felt this episode was a little um, slower with more seed planting. Mm-hmm. But but I feel like next episode we're going to get a double dose or a triple dose with everything piling up. It's coming down and it's not going to – and Bosch doesn't make us wait till the end of the season for a cliffhanger. Bosch gives us answers right. all throughout the season right. as we go. So mm-hmm. I'm ready. Let's go. Cool. I'm down. Good I'm choice. Down. Good choice. All right. Anything we need to point out in the evidence locker? Uh, I mean, we know Rita said not yet with the money, you know. So uh, we know that Bosch was thinking about back about the crime scene and finding out yeah. clues that make yeah. it almost impossible that Omer could right. really be the one. We know he's um, sick. Omer's sick. We know that um, Jagger found the gun. That was a big discovery. Yeah, the gun. You know, got a description of the guys. Yes, very good. Yep. Mm-hmm. They have a little something to go out with there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we know that Tom can afford fancy restaurants. <laughs> can he afford a fancy restaurant, Tracy? Well, that's he good. Really? That's true. Maybe if he's, he's on the like take. Maybe if he's being, on the take. Okay, I'm, I'm crafty. Crafty. Maddie, oh, man. don't do it, Maddie. Maddie, please. All right. Sorry. All right. Are we ready yeah. for the best well, yeah, I mean, I, podcast? Yeah. Well, we have to do our tip line. That's oh, pretty important. That's one, that's one of the best parts of the podcast. Unless you want to do trivia first. It's your call, man. I'm going to give you that choice. Um, no, let's do the tip line. All right. Who, who called in on our tip line? Jay, do you have, uh, do you have assistant teachers up? I do. All right. You know she's one of my favorites. Um, uh-huh. She had a lot to say. Had a lot to say. Uh, good evening. Here are some of my thoughts. Uh, Harry and Jerry seem to work uh, together, but separately. And it's fine to me since sometimes the team has to work like that as a means to an end. And we are kind of seeing that because, you know, in previous episodes, they worked closely together. Then they didn't really like each other, weren't getting along. And now they are getting along, but not working together. Uh, Maddie seems to dress more professional for work. Tom left the rose on her desk to ask for a date, question mark. Um, she wrote cute, but a little lame since I think face <laughs> is always better. Uh, high five sister teacher. Thank you. Uh, Harry let her know exactly what a white rose signifies. Uh, the interaction with Christina was mildly hostile towards Maddie, who has nothing to do with what happened with Harry. Uh, she needs to rest her nerves and sit down somewhere. When Harry went to the doctor, I don't think he did a good job of presenting himself as opioid dependent, such as the amount of time he said he had not used any oxy. Uh, you know, that's a good point, actually, because he said, what, six weeks, I think I is think what so. he said. I think so. Uh, I work in the field, and he did not convince me he had a physical dependency. Oh, we got inside information here. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind the group would not work for him, and Jen- Jerry definitely joked about it when Harry told him. He went to the group. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was really amazing. Uh, the officers seemed helpless, but put up a good front. They dressed like agents instead of detectives. I know Jerry wants to help, but I think he should be leery of them since his CI was killed. 
Uh, we know Pete is definitely 100% on board with that thought process. Yep, you're right. Uh, loose lips sink ships, and Rita was not tight with her lips. Yeah, she definitely. Uh, True uh, on the other hand, Honey's investigator is good at what he does. I like his style. Yeah, I think we all kind of do. Uh, Chief, Chief Irving's name come up again. came up again when Harry talked to the cop in the bar. It let me know there is more to it. I think this will give another twist to their relationship. Agree. Uh, Harry may challenge him, but he won't tell on him if he finds out something was done incorrectly or wrong. They did things together that crossed the boundary line, such as when Harry helped him investigate who killed his son in season two. Um, and then, as always, she wraps it up with smile. It makes a difference. And to everyone that's a mom out there, and you're the only one on the podcast here right now, Tracy, she says Happy Mother's Day. Oh, and thanks. So that's just the teacher. I, I, I go along with that uh, sentiment as well. Happy Mother's Day, Tracy, and anybody out there that's a mommy. Thank you very, very much, very much. Here, here. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, you know, I think uh, I think at just a teacher, maybe she should start doing the case reviews because she pretty much just nailed everything in that in that one email. Sweet. All right, sister teacher, I'm going to need the email for the next episode by Monday next week. So that way we can figure out how to put it into the podcast and we'll just be quiet and then we'll do the rest. Thanks. All right. Okay. But that that was very impressive. Sister yeah. teacher. I love your insights oh, yeah. and uh, just always so very thorough yeah. in, in her thoughts. We got a couple of comments on Reddit as well on the Bosch TV subreddit. Better break Saul. I like that username. Uh, said maybe a discussion about this episode's use of black and white flashbacks. A compelling and effective choice. Plus a brief glimpse of a younger Detective Bosch. Also interesting to see Dominic Riley emerge in 504. Yes. Uh, yeah, that black and white stuff was pretty cool. It started yeah. with the black and white. Yeah. And then uh, at the end, we see the black and white again when he, when uh, younger Bosch goes and tells the family that they have the guy. Uh, do you think you like those bookends of the black and white? I did. I want to, yeah. I want to, I'm glad he brought that up because I forgot I wanted to say something about the whole black and white thing because yeah. I like how it separates everything. You clearly mm-hmm. know what you're watching, what's going on and what you need to pay attention for. Yeah. However, is that why they did it? That is my question. Did they did it do that so they could separate everything mm-hmm. or did they do that when you saw the younger versions of everyone it was harder to tell that, you know, like um, when they're busting down the door, mm-hmm. Lance Reddick is right there. The chief is there as lieutenant or captain or whatever he is. And he did look younger. Is that because of the black and white? Yes, it's both. It's both. Definitely both. Of the so is this is this a way to kind of trick your senses into believing they're 10 years younger? Or is it strictly just so you know, we're looking at two different time periods in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Or is Ooh. it <laughs> is it to make you question what's going on in the black and white scenes? You can't, things True. aren't as vivid. Mm-hmm. Is there a different version of the story even going on in the Duh. past? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Tomorrow's yeah. my weekend. I'm going to put on The Wizard of Oz. 
I'm going to rewatch it. It's been a while. And I want to see if she comes out into the color looking 10 years older there, Jay. All right? And I'll give you an answer tomorrow. I'll call you. Pick up. Not like Lewis. Oh, all right. Man. You know, you can make fun of me. But when they tweet out tomorrow, like, wow, they really nailed that. They, they, we, I thought we were getting away with something here. But that Jay guy, he's a genius. I'm going to be like, well, all right, then. We'll talk about that on the next podcast. Interesting. Interestingly, this next uh, comment from Reddit kind of follows up on that whole um, question about the black and white. This user says, I thought the camera was mainly showing Bosch from the back was very effective. Perhaps in future episodes, we could flesh out the relationship that Bosch and Irving had in the past and some of the reasons why they have the relationship they do today. I would like that. I would like, I mean, I don't know how much they can fit that into stuff, but I would love to see that earlier camaraderie or teamwork or even mentorship at some points. Um, I would, that would be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it was cool that there was just something mysterious by showing them mostly from the back. We did see faces a couple of times, but a lot of, a lot of it coming from the back, you just, you know. Made it a little more mysterious. Right. So thanks for right. pointing that out. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining the tip line and giving us some feedback and, and other things to talk about. Uh, appreciate your thoughts. All right. Let's do our trivia, Pete. It's time. All right. So in the spirit of me being five steps ahead of everybody at all times, especially on this podcast, yes. I had recruited another CI. To help me oh, create oh. Some of my trivia. You got another one? Oh, and I got I, I got a good one. I got sister teaching my friend. Oh <gasps> no, my friend! Oh. You you. I may. All right, I take back everything nice I said. Well, dependent on the question. Dependent <laughs> on the question. Okay. Just so, kidding. Let's do it. I got a bunch of really good questions from her, of course, because she watches and analyzes as much as I yes. do. So mm-hmm. here's a here's a couple I picked out. Nice. How many? Picture IDs were in the envelope for Harry. Picture IDs. Is that right? Yes. Photo IDs. Two. The VA and the driver's license. I think there were four cards, but two had pictures? Yes. That was the the good part. You guys did good. All right. I got another one. You ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. What was the make and the model of the car for the man who attended group? Oh, man. Of the man that attended group, Lewis? Yes. Yeah. I oh. think it was like a, a Honda Civic. Uh, I thought it was an Accord. Oh, I think it was an Accord. Nope. All right. And I'm going to say 1986. I, I guess you know your cars. You should go hang out with Peanut. Beansy. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to hang out with Beansy. I really yeah, love that. Beansy's Maddie's boyfriend since they both don't have any last name. <laughs> you can't forget Beansy. Was it really an 86 Honda Accord? I don't know if it was an 86, but it was a Honda Accord. Okay, I got half of it right. right. You know, you guys are doing good with this one. All right, one more question from her and then my super duper question. All right, she wanted to know how many pill bottles were in the medicine cabinet? Uh, whose medicine uh, cabinet? I remember at least two. Whose medicine cabinet? Oh, you can't get it right if you don't even know the medicine cabinet. Gary yeah, Wise. Medicine cabinet. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this one. It's right, two so, or Jay, three. 
So Tracy was right with two and wins the trivia game again. Jay loses. <laughs> no, okay, I got one more question. I got the hard question. All right. All right. Jay, I have faith in you to come back with this one, all right? Okay, I have faith. No pressure. All right, when Harry's talking to Lewis about their army days. Yeah. Um, what was Harry's assignment? Whose assignment? Dominic. Harry's? Oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, Dominic. Uh, he was with uh, like 45th FSG, FSFG, but I or but I don't I don't I don't know. Did he say what he was doing there? He didn't say what he was doing, but Jay, that was pretty that was pretty close. Jay, he was in the fifth SFG in Afghanistan. Fifth. fifth. That's, that's good, Jay. That's pretty close. That was wow. not bad. He still now, lost, nice. but it was a good effort. All right, good stuff. Well, we're going to move on into our interview with Paul Calderon, who Dewan Johnson describes as smooth like butter. (laughs) (laughs) If you caught our interview with Dewan earlier this season, our our pep rally edition, uh, yeah, he he loves Paul, and uh, he's smooth like butter, which I agree. I love his voice, man. Oh, yeah. I love his voice. Mm -hmm. He's got like that. He's got that right, like, Grabble. I don't know what it is, but I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's smooth like butter, Jay. Now he's <laughs> making up words again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Words. You know, whatever. Uh, all right. Anything else, guys? I nope. do have something else, actually. And I was waiting for the end of this so everybody can get excited for next week. Um, trivia next week. I'm putting the challenge, a mission to challenge to Tracy and Jay to come up with two or three questions for me and each other. Okay. Trivia. We're gonna mix it up a little, a little switch off. Let's which see what means any, got. which means any listener can uh, contact us at Bosch at so many shows dot com to uh, tip us off with, with some questions to give. Yeah, sister Feel teacher, free. send it to mm-hmm. Jay at so many shows dot com. <laughs> Don't give that stuff to other people. Come on. Right. <laughs> Just Jay. <laughs> um, and another thing, if you're enjoying the podcast, we're super excited about that. Maybe leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen on the So Many Please Shows thank you. Yeah. podcast feed. That would be fantastic. And uh, enjoy hearing from Paul. Bye, everybody. See you. Bye. I want to introduce you to, to Jay. Um, he's my co-host. You and I talked last year, last season, um, and, and Jay wasn't available, so I'm excited that he gets to pick your brain a little as well. So, Jay, meet Paul. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, Jay. What's going on? Good to talk to you. And I, All right. I believe last time we talked, you were um, in New York, and you were outside walking your dog, and we, we heard a lot of interesting New York noises going on. <laughs> it was very authentic. <laughs> Very authentic. Yeah. So, well, I'm um, inside. I come inside. I was outside. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Traffic kind of power traffic, so I said, just come on in. I gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking with us again. Uh, we really appreciate it. So, um, I'll start out with question number one right out of the gate here. Um, with Jimmy now working out of Newton Division, did it feel any different for you as an actor? On set, was the vibe different at all? Yeah, I have to say, yeah, it was kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy is now kind of like a, a stray dog. Mm. Uh, and 
Yeah, it was kind of like that feeling that, you know, I was not there as an actor, you know, like mm-hmm. I was the previous couple of seasons, and now it was kind of like coming in and out, in and out, and it was very much kind of like the character, you know. Yeah, okay, okay. Jay's going to queue up number two. Yep, yep. Uh, so tell us more about Jimmy talking to his victim, asking, like, you know, who are you? Who did this to you? Is this something that... Is this how he's going to tackle his cases? I mean, we did see some kind of, you know, Jedi talk training Pierce. Is this more of what we're going to see from uh, Jimmy? Yeah, basically that's it. You know, it's kind of like uh, he already ever takes notes. And he's just kind of like, he's just, you know, he's a studier. He studies behavior. And he goes off of that, not what he's being told, but what he's observing. And Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Sounds like a good plan. Um, okay, as it turns out, Robertson's murder case intersects with Bosch and Edgar's. Jimmy reminds Billups that his case is still his own. Are there some territorial concerns for Robertson? And if so, who is he maybe most concerned about interfering with his work? Is it Bosch or someone else? Mm, it's always Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I knew that already. <laughs> Good old Bosch. Go ahead. Does he think that Bosch will take over, you know, or try to push Jimmy out, or what? What's the real crux of the concern? Well, it's always that you know, it's like a love-hate relationship. You know, Mm -hmm. I respect the guy. Uh, Robertson considers himself uh, Bosch's equal, but uh, Bosch kind of like gets all the limelight, you know. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Makes sense. So we definitely love uh, the swagger of Robertson. Uh, You know, we see it when he talks to Peanut about stripping the murder victim's car. car. Now, I got a two-part kind of question for this. Is this is this really Robertson's personality, or is it more of like a power play? And then, how much of this swagger is actually part of you? (laughs) <laughs> wow, good questions. Um, you know, I feel that, you know, whatever you're portraying is the opposite of what you're feeling inside. And, okay. you know, with Robertson, he has to swagger in order to, I guess, uh, uh, an inferiority complex that he okay. has. Okay, sure. And, you know? And okay. it's... And what was the other, what was the other question? Uh, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, how, how much of that is you? Do, do you have some of that swagger inside of you, or is that totally made up? Yeah, you know what? I, I, you know, it's, it's a little bit exaggerated. Not much uh-huh. for Bob or Robinson. But, you know, growing up in the Lower East Side, in Spanish Harlem and Brooklyn, you have to walk the streets in a sort sure. of way. Sure. Yeah. And been here all my life so it kind of like it just affects the way you you sit you walk you know and you mm-hmm. move so part of me but it's a little bit more exaggerated and not much uh for the robinson character okay oh, well, it's one of my right. favorite things yeah i love it i love it and now yeah. and now it's one of my favorite things about you too paul so <laughs> <laughs> okay <Good> to know. <laughs> 
so you know we we haven't you know we're not all the way in through the season, but uh, at this from what we see, we're I'm, we're wondering. Do you think Robertson is happy with his transfer decision you know, overall? No. Or do you have any doubt? No, no, you know because originally he thought he was going to bring uh, Pearson, and he thought he was going to bring in Snyder. Um, uh-huh. Neither of them came. Um, you know, Snyder kind of disappeared. Um, I don't know where. Yeah. You know what. And Pierce, uh, I thought Pierce would just, you know, jump at the opportunity to come with me, and he yeah. didn't. So down mm-hmm. like, oh man, you know, kind of like mm. uh, I called a bluff, and you know, mm. I didn't follow. Right. So there's mm-hmm. a sort of yeah, there's a sort of um, uh, loneliness, I guess, oh. because mm-hmm. oh, he's not expressing. Uh, Schneider's not impressing uh, appears. He's kind of like on his own, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's not it's not it's not going well for him in general. Okay, mm. okay. Now I feel bad for him. Now I feel bad for him. We need to transfer him oh, back. I Tracy. know. We need to transfer him back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. All right. Day. Well, we um we uh, like to do a little game at the after our serious show questions. Um, so Jay's going to kind of set that up for you and we'll see what you have to say. All right. So this is, this is no longer about your character. This is actually about you, Paul. We just have just a few kind of silly questions. Um, and your answer, you only get two choices for your answer. So it's multiple choice for each one. And you're going to choose either Titus or Dewan. One of those two people, not their characters, the actual person themselves. So, first question. Uh, let's say you've got uh, you got three really big dogs at home, and uh, you need to go out of town for I don't know. You're going on vacation. Can't take the pups with you. You need one of them to dog sit for you. Which one of those two are you going to choose to dog sit your dogs? Wow, you know what? That's a tough question. <laughs> That's what we do. We we ask the very tough questions on this. <laughs> yeah, the hard hitting ones. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Titus. Okay. Oh, okay. oh all right. All right. Mm-hmm. I guess they even good hands for the dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the background is that you know I know Titus. He's very diligent. Um, he's you know, with the one, <laughs> I love him, but I don't, I don't know if I would trust him with my dogs, you know, over the weekend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dewan is too much of a goofball. We heard it here first. I like it. Oh, man. Okay, number two. Um, which one of those guys, Titus or Dewan, would order the best takeout? I would say Dewan. Okay. Okay. Well, he, Is there he something you have in mind war. that he might order? Yeah, you know, Dewan seems like a connoisseur. Oh, okay. Good you know, to know. Yeah, that's right. more like you get what you, you know, if you have something, I'll eat it, as opposed to the <laughs> one very, very specific. That's good. See, we're learning a lot <laughs> here. All right. Let's, uh, I'm going to do New York City for this one. Uh, let's say okay. uh, you, t- 
Titus and Dewan, you guys are all in in uh, New York City. You're driving around. I don't know. Maybe hit a few restaurants, a couple shops, whatever. Um, but you don't feel like driving, so you're gonna sit in the back and you're gonna let one of them kind of navigate the trip for you. Who are you? Uh, who are you putting in the driver's seat to get around town and take you to all the cool places? Uh, Titus. Okay. Ooh. All right. Does he have more experience with with New York? Or well, because, yeah, because you know Titus is you know he's spent a lot of time in New York. Dewan is, I think, he's from Chicago. Okay. And, okay. Yeah, and you know Titus is you know he went to NYU, so he, you know he knows his way around. Yeah, yeah, he's got the experience. Okay. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. I like it. Well, I that's, like that's, it. That's always fun to get a little. Oh, intel on uh, mm-hmm. on castmates. So, well, we really appreciate you talking to us. Is there anything else you want to tease uh, for the season, um, or we just have to wait? Oh, look good with the uh, waitress. <laughs> oh, okay. the, wait, the waitress, the waitress. Oh, the, bar, the bartender. Uh-oh. bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Hmm. Hold waitress. The bartender. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Love it. All right. Love it. Well, this is fun. And uh, yeah. we always like talking about Jimmy Robertson and Swagger. So you take right. care. Yeah. And we're, we're yeah, appreciate your time. to season coming out. Okay. Hey, anytime. Have a great week. Thank guys. you, Paul. Thanks, Bye-bye. Paul. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Tracy. Bye. Take care.